This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen in every Sunday for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity, highlighting preaching of the Word, classic Hong Sims and spiritual songs. We use only the King James Bible, the authorised version. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's worship theme, we are called to become new creations in Christ. So, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, everything old has passed away, see, everything has become new. That is exactly what I'm afraid of. Everything old has passed away. But I like a lot of the old me. In fact, I like most of the old me. Sure, nobody's perfect, but all that was needed was a minor correction here to some language that wasn't always good, moderated a few other minor habits that were rather excessive, just a touch up here and there, and I would have been fine. We read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the word unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. And that's where the problem is. It isn't just me that needs to be made better, it's all of them. If the men would just treat women better, then there would be no problem. It isn't women who need to be new creatures in Christ, it's the men. It isn't the minorities who need to be more responsible and work harder. It's the majority who need a new attitude. That's precisely one of the major problems the good news has. There's all this talk about being a new creation in Christ, and we're not sure we want to be a new creation. We've been told by the New Age religion that God is everywhere, and we are God, so we feel pretty good about ourselves. Why should we want to be different? 
The educational philosophy of the last 30 years has been trying to give me self-confidence, self-esteem, and isn't it a surefire lack of self-esteem to believe that I need to be made over, to be made new? So if anyone's in Christ, there's a new creation, everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. We don't think we need to be made new, but we do think you need to be worked on. So why do we keep preaching that if it's not what we think we need? Because we'll admit that there are terrible conflicts raging around us. There are hostilities that are more than 4,000 years old still being fought in the Middle East. There are conflicts between tribes in Africa. There are Chinese people sh shooting at each other for a little island. And there is a war on our own family. Fathers and mothers fighting over power and intimacy. There are children fighting with each other, children fighting still with their parents. If we're ever to find any reconciliation and peace, it's going to be as we accept the gift of God to make us all new in the gift of Christ. We do not come judging you and telling you that you need to become reconciled because you have this and this fault. We are not telling you to become new in Christ because you are a failure or you're a horrid sinner. We are not into the counting of weaknesses and trespasses. We invite you into Christ so that Christ might be at work in you, so that you become part of the new reconciled humanity that is not playing games of I'm better than you, did so, did not, yes but, and give me, give me, give me. God is at work with the power of Jesus Christ to bring all creation and all humanity together in a new heaven and a new earth, and it's only as we become one in Christ that we're renewed so that we're fit for this new, reconciled and redeemed community. We are invited to become new in Christ, to become one in Christ, so that we can participate in a whole new reconciled reality. It's not that the old is lost, but the old is united in reconciliation and redemption with all others and thus made new. Our first music for great news and God's views is Alleluia, Sing to Jesus. Written in 1866 by Wellington Chatterton Discs, who was born in Bristol, England in 1837. For most of his life, he lived in Glasgow, Scotland, as manager of a maritime insurance company. Of the many hymns he wrote before his death in 1898, 30 or 40 are in common use today. Among the most popular hymns are, As with gladness men of old, To you, O Lord, our hearts we sing, The manger throne, What child is this? And the one we play now, Alleluia, sing to Jesus.
Abraham's life left a legacy in many different ways, but have you ever stopped to consider the legacy of his Y chromosome? The Y chromosome is unique to men. Fathers pass it on to their sons. So according to the Bible, Abraham would have passed it on to Isaac, then to Jacob, whose descendants gave rise to the Jewish nation. Abraham also passed his Y chromosome to Ishmael, through whom Arab nations have come. A recent study of Y chromosomes in Jewish and Arab men strongly supports the biblical account that they are all descended from one man. The results, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences USA, revealed remarkable similarity between the Y chromosomes of Jewish and Arab male populations. The results prompted one of the researchers to say, Jews and Arabs are all really children of Abraham. I'm not surprised. Are you? To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. We continue with How Deep the Father's Love. This is the first traditional hymn-like song written by Stuart Townend, which expressed what it cost the father to have his son suffer on the cross.
the pigsty freedom of a wayward son. The parable of the prodigal son begins with the declaration of independence. The young son of the good father has decided to make his own way in the world. Evidently, he finds himself pinched by the constraining limits of family life. The household traditions have grown to seem oppressive to the young man whose imagination is filled with the exciting possibilities of the wider world. The familiar atmosphere has grown stale. Surely life must have more to offer than this. Surely there are places where the rising of the sun brings something new with it and not just more of the same old stuff yesterday it was made of. The sun wants to experience the thrills of the unknown. He wants to believe that this will not be possible as long as he stays under the protective but suffocating root of his father's house. He must leave. He must go out and live on his own. He must be free. The young man has so often been depicted as a low-life rowdy. We think of him as being the archetypical party animal. Consequently, most of us don't see ourselves in him. The young man was a self-indulgent pleasure-seeker who was utterly without prudence or forethought. We're not that way, are we? But maybe he's more like us than we want to admit. We read from Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Then drew near to unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiving sinners and eat with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto him his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And whereas Henny had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet... A great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and pull a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. And bring thither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his eldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he, answering, said to his father, Lo, these many years I do serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou knavest gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. 
But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Sure, the Bible says that he got involved in loose living. But must we conclude he was after nothing more than cheap thrills? Perhaps what was going on was that he had a quest for self-realization. He wanted to expand his horizons, discover new things about himself and his world, find out who he was apart from his father. Perhaps he did things he had never done before so that he could learn to be himself and not just be his father's son. Perhaps by doing more he could be more. If he could just cast off the limitations and responsibilities of the past, he could live in a magnificent freedom that would put all manner of exciting possibilities at his fingertips. It took the prodigal son some time to make this realization, but finally the Bible tells us he came to himself. He discovered that life independent of his father was not so grand as he thought it might be. The hard-won knowledge that he attained was that his purpose in life and his true identity were to be found in his father's household, not in rebellion and isolation from his father. The prodigal son had a bad experience with his freedom. The consequences of his actions were more than he could bear. He was entirely ready to get rid of it. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. But while it can be dangerous and demeaning thing to give up our freedom to other people or to governments, or even to churches, it's only as we place our freedom in the hands of God we can live in true freedom. Only as we are willing to take our place as servants, indeed as slaves in the household of God, can we experience liberation as children of God? Some people have noted that when the prodigal son went home, he never did ask to be received as a servant. He was taken back as a son. But every true child of God is also a servant of God. And even in earthly households, both children and servants must accept structure, guidance, and obligations from outside themselves. But with God, we are free when we are most obedient. For when we are able to find our true selves and our higher purposes, only we take our place and under the living authority of God. Some years ago, a visitor to a factory in Hamilton in the Waikato was very upset because he'd seen a man fixed to his bench by a thin wire rope. The visitor concluded that some form of secret slave labour was being practised. It was in fact designed to earth the wearer, so that the sophisticated electronic components he was working on would not be damaged by static electricity. To an unknowledgeable observer, it looked like some cruel practice was taking place, when in fact it was a blessing. So it is in our relationship with God. The word of command is a word of blessing, and the call to children and servants of God is a call to the one who loves us more than we love ourselves. Like the good father of the parable, God has given us the capacity to choose to live against the divine word or to live out the relationship with God. But true freedom is ours only as we are willing to be servants in the household of God who lovingly receives us as sons and daughters. 
We continue with This Is My Father's World, written by Maltby Davenport Babcock, a pastor from New York. It was first published in 1915. This Is My Father's World. Thank you for joining us for Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, I Am Trusting Thee, Lord Jesus, written by Francis Ridley Havergill, who was born to an English family of clergymen and hymn writers. Her most popular works include Take My Life and Let It Be, O Merciful Redeemer, and the one we play now, I Am Trusting Thee, Lord Jesus.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.